Hello, and welcome to the Jill Cruz podcast. This is Jill Cruz. Today, I had the pleasure, the great, great pleasure of speaking with Linda Clarkson. And Linda is a licensed professional counselor. We talked about all the good, juicy stuff that, you know, I always want to talk about. (laughs) So we started off talking about inner narratives, that that self-talk that we all have and how that can hold us back in life. One of the most interesting points that Linda brings up is the fact that a lot of our self-talk, those inner narratives, are really coming from our childhood and we have our brain has basically been so attuned to repeating these this negative self-talk, these beliefs, right? These unconscious beliefs over and over again that we created these neural pathways. And having those neural pathways is not just something you fix, you read a book and you fix it. And there are specific processes that one can go through in order to unwind, you know, discover those and create new neural pathways because we do have neuroplasticity. So that's the good news, right? <laughs> so all of that negative self-talk, which affects your self-esteem, your, your, your feelings of worthiness, your ability to go out and do all the things that you want to do in your life are going to be negatively impacted by negative self-talk or negative inner narratives. So uh, if you want to be your best in life, you kind of have to go through that process, right, of unwinding those and creating new neural pathways. So we talk about that in depth and, and a lot of other good, juicy stuff about how to get unstuck, how to overcome the shoulds and the procrastination and all of that. So I think you're really going to enjoy my conversation with the incredible Linda Clarkson. Hello, Linda. Welcome to the podcast. Hi there, Jill. Thank you for inviting me to the podcast. I'm really excited to be here and I'm excited to be able to share some basic information with your listeners. Yeah, thank you so much for for being here. And I wanted to kick off the conversation talking about what you describe as inner narratives I often use the word self-talk. <laughs> so yeah. I think that's a similar thing. So we all have an inner narrative, all kinds of in- inner narratives. Can you can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, is that good? Is that bad? Uh, <laughs> well, how does it work? Well, and I think uh, maybe this is the point where I could share just really briefly my own challenge from years ago. Uh, with respect to health and and weight loss and yo-yo dieting, if that's okay. Mm -hmm. Sure, yeah. I've been very familiar in the past with yo-yo dieting personally. Uh, Fortunately, it was years ago. Unfortunately, I could say that it actually took years to get over using that extra five pounds as an excuse for moving forward. And little did I really know at the time that it wasn't about losing the five, five pounds was really more than that. And that's where that connection with inner narratives or self-talk really comes for me. Uh-huh. And really, really where I noticed that it started for me, you know, where I was able to observe it, you know. Oh, interesting. So you you actually at some point realized that 
you had this inner narrative around your weight. And that was what triggered you to understand that it was. I could use it as an excuse. Uh Okay. I mean, five pounds. If we think of five pounds, I mean, really, I mean, how awful is that? Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There there are definitely people who are listening who are going, gosh, I wish it was just five pounds, you know? (laughs) Uh, But for me, it was really an excuse. I used that as the qualifier. I, I used that as, okay, if I don't lose that five pounds, well, there's my excuse. I can't move forward because I have to achieve that loss in order to feel that I've accomplished something, that I feel better about myself. And then I can move forward and make other changes in my life uh, mm-hmm. that it really was necessary for me to make. And so I can use that as an excuse. Yeah. What sort of, I mean, it doesn't even have to be personal to you, I guess. I'm just curious, mm-hmm. like, what changes would that hold you back from? Yeah, no, that's that's okay. That's a that's a, certainly a, a legitimate question. When we focus on self-talk, or as I term an inner narratives, I'm talking about all of those aspects, self-esteem, okay, mm-hmm. self-confidence, self-worth, uh, self-love. Am I worthy of having good things in my life? You know, uh, where is my level of self-esteem? Where is my level of self-confidence? So at the time in using that excuse of, okay, if I lose five pounds, well, then I can move forward. But it was a great way to use an excuse and to hold myself back legitimately. So I thought without focusing at the time of, you know, my self-esteem's kind of low here. Okay. Where my self-confidence is really kind of low here. And, and coming to that point where I realized that, that it was that negative self-talk that was really holding me back. It wasn't the five pounds. Okay. Right. Right. I started doing a lot more personal ex- exploration at the time through self-help books, you know, like Wayne Dyer and, and Deepak Chopra. When I mentioned earlier that, unfortunately, you know, it took me years to get to where I am now and to move through my journey. At the same time, for me, I wouldn't have changed the way that it evolved because I believe for me, I actually had to experience those things and figure that all out for myself in order to get to where I am today, to get to a place where I really had a greater understanding of what of what my clients were experiencing and going through. Right. Yeah. So, so, you know, when you said holding yourself back, I was thinking, well, from what, from like, you know, changing your career or go, <laughs> going after your um, next promotion or, you know, maybe uh, leaving a marriage or, you know, whatever it could be in life. But what you're saying is that it actually, I, I think what you're saying is that you were using it as an excuse to not love yourself, right? To not give yourself, right. feel that you were worthy. So that could hold you back in, in any area. It doesn't matter what oh, the person yes. is trying to do. Exactly. The extra weight, whether it's five pounds or 150 pounds, it doesn't matter. Right. It's, mm-hmm. it's the idea that one would use that as an excuse to say, well, I'm actually not worthy of success or yes. be, being loved by others or, yes. you know, pursuing this, this 
passion or this dream that I have. So that's pretty deep. I mean, this is not just someone not excelling in life or doing the career that they want to. This is, this is underlying foundational stuff that's going to hold you back in every area of your life. Oh, yes. I would imagine. And it did. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. All of those things that you mentioned, all of, all of that, all of that. Yes. Yeah. I, I think it's, I, I love that you're saying it, like presenting it like this, because um, I think this is a pretty common thing and it doesn't have to be the weight. It could be something else, right? Oh, well, yes. I didn't get that career promotion. So now I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. And so what I often like to say is, all of this is an inside job. The 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 self love and the self worth, oh, yeah. feeling that you are worthy, the self esteem. It has to come from within yourself, not from some outside external validation. Like, oh well, you know, he said he loves me, so now I'm good enough. I'm right. worthy of being loved. It's like, yes. well, you're. It's a fool's errand to be searching for that externally or in your own physical appearance. Yes. Oh yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And it all goes back to our childhood history as well. You know, Mm -hmm. the first thing that comes to mind, too, is uh, grades, for example. If we are continually criticized or told, you know, why, why do you have an A minus? You know, you should have an A plus. Well, we can end up identifying grades with self-worth. And I'm not loved unless I get good grades. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's just a, that's just a a quick example. Yeah. But it does all stem from childhood history, you know, Mm -hmm. and we bring our childhood history with us into our adult lives and and our adult relationships. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if you want to share what your path was or just in general. I mean, I'm sure you could speak in general about this. Like, how does one begin to overcome this, this dialogue, this inner narrative? Well, as as I mentioned for myself, you know, it took a number of years. I did do a lot of uh, personal exploration through, you know, various self-help means. And again, this is just for me. Uh, This is what worked for me. You know, I'm not saying that this works for everyone, because for me, this was how my life threaded together and how events and situations and experiences in my life threaded together. So I was doing all of this uh, personal exploration and self-help reading, et cetera, at some point, which actually maybe 20, 20 plus years ago, I discovered Reiki and -hmm. began training in Reiki and became a Reiki master. And that was really the beginning for me. Uh, But interestingly, one aspect of my particular training was cognitive and was related to one's inner thoughts. And so that threaded, you know, kind of jumping, a a quick jump ahead. The next thread for me was, all right, I had some personal signs that said, you know, been doing all this cognitive work as well, inner child work through Reiki. I'm going to go back to school for my master's in mental health counseling. (laughs) Wow. Now you said that's, (laughs) that was an encore career. How May I ask yes. how old were you when you did that? Just curious. <laughs> I was in my 60s at the wow, time. Linda. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm 52 and I tell you, I don't have another master's degree in me. I, 
Because <laughs> I've thought about that. I've thought about that. I'm like, I can't. I just can't. Yeah. Wow. It was four years, four years, actually, it took for my master's plus my internship. And when I began actively working, my first position was as a bereavement counselor for a mm-hmm. local hospice. I did that for four wow. years and I've been in private practice for over 10. So if you're quick at, at addition, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's okay. You know, I mean, I, I'm truly, truly appreciative that you're sharing this here on the podcast because there are plenty of people who listen who women who are in their sixties and seventies. Yeah. So listen, if you, if you have the passion and the, and the means and the energy to do that, why the heck not? You know, I mean, I think that the idea of the old, olden days when, you know, you turn 63, 64, 65, right. you're done. Yes. Well, yes. we don't need to abide by that, if, especially if you're passionate about what you're doing. I mean, why not keep doing it? And if this really is where or why we are here, uh, which is to find purpose, we can work at a job for many years. For many years, I worked at a job as an account executive in advertising and marketing, as well as new business development, okay? And wow. really the thing that interested me most were, was the people and their, and their personal stories. So when I finally had the opportunity to be able to make this leap and this jump, but as I say, I think one of the, because it affected me so much throughout my life, uh, that the self-talk, the inner narrative, is really what is most important for me within my work, you know, because so much stems from that, even grief and loss, you know, yeah, loss of childhood, loss of nurturing in childhood. Yeah. You know, there is one thing that I would like to like to also mention and kind of preface or use as a preface with respect to, to our chat today um, and inner narratives and self-talk. One of the things I think that oftentimes we don't necessarily consider is actually our brain, okay? We have our brain, our mind, our thoughts, our emotions, our words, our actions. But sometimes we forget about our brain. And our brain is an organ like any other organ in our body. And from the time that we are born, our brain is what is actually sensations and even as an infant, a sense that an infant can get before an infant has words or is old enough to to begin to form words. The sensations that an infant has, the attachments that an infant forms or does not form because it just isn't there. Then the infant gets a little bit older and language, you know, comes in. But the brain itself through all this time is recording everything. And it's creating what are called neural pathways or connections based on what it takes in. And when there's repetition in some form with respect to those pathways, those pathways become patterned and automatic. So, for example, in growing up, if we are continually criticized or told that that we're bad, our thoughts become patterned to believe that we're bad or unworthy of good in our lives, you know? Right. 
And it affects our self-esteem, our self-worth, our self-confidence. So it goes back to what I was saying before about, you know, we bring our childhood history into our adult lives and our relationships with respect to ourselves and, and others as well. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, ab- absolutely. I think I think it's wonderful that you brought that up. Um, when we think about the brain, we have to think about neural pathways. I usually call it habitual thought or habitual, yeah. ha- you know, thing. Mm-hmm. Because you can have right. a habit of brushing right. your teeth. That's a neural pathway. That's a positive right. neural pathway, yes. right? But yes. if you have a neural pathway, the habitual thought process or a belief, really, at that point, right? We have to pay it respect and say, look. Uh, I'm not going to retrain, create new neural pathways in a week, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> reading, reading a self-help book and then doing my mantras. This, yes. is a, this is an ongoing journey of development, which I like that you said earlier that, you know, you appreciated that you went through that path. That yes. I don't think there's really anybody on this earth who's just been born and had this perfect life with no challenges right. and Mm-hmm. You know, well, is that a coincidence? No, I mean, we we are, I believe we're here with our challenges so that we can. That doesn't happen overnight. So uh, I, I'm, I'm really glad because I think the the reason not only to just let people know that mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how our brain works, but also right. to be kind to ourselves to say, you know, OK, I'm, I've been working on this for a couple of years, but it took me 50 years to to lay those pathways. So, you know, if it takes me three or four or 10 years or 20 years or the rest of my life to be always evolving in this area, there's nothing wrong Mm -hmm. with that. That's natural. It's a journey. And now you, you may have heard previously what, what I'm actually going to say about self-talk or our, our thoughts. Okay. So just, just to recap a little bit. So we, We have our org in the brain. Our mind is a product of the brain. Our thoughts reside in our mind. What you may have heard and what others may have heard is that thoughts create our reality. Change your thoughts, change your life. Right. And one of the wonderful things about our brain is its neuroplasticity. Mm -hmm. So we can actually change with practice and with time, change that negative self-talk and change those neural negative neural pathways into positive, healthy ones. Again, yeah. just reiterating what you're saying. Yeah, it doesn't happen overnight, precisely. You know, if it's taken how many years of that patterning to get deeper and deeper and deeper into that negative self-talk, well, yeah, it's, you know, nobody comes along with a magic wand and says, okay, you know, you're going to wake up tomorrow and all of a sudden everything's magically going to be, have changed, you know. It right. does take practice and time, but the effort is, it's just so amazingly worth it. I mean, yeah. I can't emphasize enough um, how worth it it is. And sometimes what holds us back, though, too, is our fear Mm-hmm. which is part of the stuck and getting unstuck part, the mm-hmm. fear of the unknown. Well, okay, I have this negative self-talk and yeah, my self-esteem's not too terrific and my self-confidence isn't so great. Maybe I don't really feel I'm, I'm worth a lot of good stuff in my life, okay? Mm-hmm. But I'm used to that because 
And the fear comes in in the, in the sense that, well, I don't know what's on the other side. I'm used to the negativity. And even though I don't really like it, I'm still used to it. But what happens if I change Yeah, and I get unstuck? There's all that unknown, you know, is it going to be awful? Yeah, and, and I guess part of me just really wants to be able to tell people because this has been part of my own experience that it's wonderful on the other side. <laughs> it's just amazing on the other side. Okay. Yeah. And it's getting over the fear and getting through the shoulds. I should lose five pounds. I should be a better parent or I should be a better partner or I mean, the list of shoulds just goes on and on. And the interesting thing about shoulds is that shoulds actually produce guilt. So if my self-talk, my self-talk is saying, well, I should be, you know, fill in the blank here. And that those shoulds produce guilt. Well, then I feel so guilty. I should be able to get unstuck, but I can't. So I really must be terrible then. Right. They pile, pile up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And the shoes, they just keep hanging around and we feel even more badly about ourselves. And so the fear that we can be in the grip of that fear, fear of success, fear of failure, if we're perfectionists, mm-hmm. for example, and yeah. part of the stuckness is, well, if I'm going to make changes and I'm a perfectionist, well, I have to be perfect about those changes so that can hold us back as well you know and and that's where the procrastination comes in right yes yeah I I also have a question I want to ask you but but since you mentioned the procrastination uh, I was thinking what is procrastination is it basically what you're describing this fear of success or fear of failure or the unknown procrastination and there there are some different forms of it, but I, I guess the most common way of defining it is it's a way of sidetracking us mm-hmm. from what is important and what is timely to do. Mm-hmm. The procrastination actually serves a purpose. There's mm-hmm. purpose. It's it, there is an. It's not a healthy way of approaching change because we're not changing. We're procrastinating. Okay. But there is a purpose to it, because if there is fear of change that is existing inside of us, well, we can use that procrastination purposefully in order to sidetrack ourselves and prevent ourselves from moving forward. Right, right. Whether it's due to fear of success or, or fear of failure or fear of, well, I have to do this perfectly. Uh huh. Yeah. And and that goes back to what you were saying in the beginning about you're making an excuse, right? Yes. That was kind oh, yeah. of a procrastination. Sure. Yeah. Now, does guilt, so this should guilt mm-hmm. kind of vicious cycle that goes on, Right. does that, I, I believe that we have to step off of that should guilt kind of cycle mm-hmm. and, and accept, right? I think acceptance is really mm-hmm. important. Because from what I've read, you know, that guilt or that beratement, you know, that negative self-talk, it only actually promotes more of the poor behavior. It doesn't, the guilt doesn't yes. serve us in, in improving yes. our behavior, correct? 
Yeah. Correct. And there actually is a structured process of being able to change, and this goes back to the brain's plasticity, being able to change those pathways. We can actually change those neural pathways yeah, through an actual structured process. But getting back to what you were saying about acceptance, yes, being able to radically accept, okay, the reality, this is my past, you know, maybe maybe it was... And it's on a spectrum, you know, um, but it's really how it affects any of us from, you know, small little criticisms that accumulate and become deeper and deeper and deeper. Radical acceptance and accepting the reality of, yes, this is how childhood history was for me. This is what occurred in my childhood or very possibly trauma. Yeah. In childhood um, as well. Acceptance is part of it, but it's also only part of it. There's Mm -hmm. there's a lot more that's involved. And as Mm -hmm. I say, there is a structured way of actually changing those neural pathways. But again, it takes practice and time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I love how you said it's, it's worth the effort. If you don't know that, you don't know that. So it's, you know, you kind of just have right. to take our word for it here. <laughs> right. yes. But it, it, it's hopeful to know that there is a process and it's structured and, and you can, you know, develop new neural pathways. Like that's, I think that should feel very positive and hopeful, even if you're afraid that it can be done and it can be done in a gentle way. And mm-hmm. if someone were to come in and, I don't know, I'm thinking of like a 1980s sci-fi movie or something where they like restructure all the neural pathways in your brain. (laughs) And then you wake up the next day and you're just this perfectly happy human being. Um, You know, that would be a shock to your entire system. So we we, we really do, you know, again, that that acceptance and and kindness and removing that negative self-talk to say, well, okay, this is a gradual process and I don't need to be the perfect you know, have all my self-worth in order and all my self-esteem in order, <laughs> you know, by uh, January of 2024, it's, it's an ongoing right. process. So, cause it, it does, I think that's part of what's scary about it, you know? And also I read this great book that honestly, I think is called stop smoking or quit smoking or something. Alan Carr. Okay. I don't know if you're familiar with this book. It's been around wow. for a long time. I heard about it because both uh, two of my family members quit smoking using this book and uh, like they've quit, quit, like they've really quit. Right. So I heard, I read that book because I thought, oh, this is interesting. And, and he talks about fear and how it's mm-hmm. not so much the nicotine withdrawal symptoms are actually very minor and short lived. But in most people are afraid to quit smoking because they're they're afraid it's going to be hard and they're going to suffer. And I think that's what you were alluding to as well is, you know, we, we're afraid to change our diets or do something different or go through these processes because we think it's going to be hard. It's not going to be fun. <laughs> you know? Well, no, it, it, you're right. It's I mean, it certainly isn't fun necessarily. And, and it is going to take work. However, at the same time, there is, you know, again, it it goes back to that self-talk and those inner narratives. Mm -hmm. If we don't feel that we're worthy 
of having a healthier body, of eating healthier, for example. And, you know, we need the quick fix. We need the carbs or the sugar. One of the things that I found when I was working as a bereavement counselor was people ingested a lot of carbs because it was the quick sugar hits in whatever yeah. form those carbs might be that gave some soothing effect, okay? Right. thing is, very short term, and you have to keep doing it over and over and over again right. in order to get that hit. You know, when I was mentioning before about structured steps to actually change our neural pathways, you know, I was talking really basically, there are a couple, well, it's it's kind of multi-pronged, I'll put it that way. You know, you have the, the more structured therapeutic approach, okay, which is really the work that I do of reframing, of being mindful and, and stopping the thoughts and challenging them and reframing them and, and affirming ourselves. There are other steps, some it, what I think of more as outer changes and inner changes, that we can do with or begin to do without even going through therapy, okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or therapeutic or use of therapeutic techniques. So I think from an aspect of, um, you know, inner changes that we can make in addition to uh, acceptance, you know, and radical acceptance, for example, is making peace with ourselves, for example, mm-hmm. being alive is a gift. Okay, yeah. we deserve to live it, and we deserve to live as as rich and fulfilling a life as possible. Be happy for others, you know, mm-hmm. as well. Be kind to others. If we're focused solely on ourselves and 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 the negatives that that preventing us from living a fuller life, you know, is it also preventing us from being kind to others? Offering, you know, another person one of our wonderful smiles. Mm-hmm. Take yourself out of yourself, self-compassion, being kind to ourselves, you know, even if it's something, you know, taking a bubble bath, listening to wonderful music, taking a brisk walk for exercise, even if it's just down the block Mm -hmm. and then giving yourself a pat on the back for that, you know, take a walk in the park. Self-compassion eases our suffering. You know, we are our own harshest critic. Yeah. Nobody can do it as well as we can. Right. You know, we have had criticism from others in the past, but boy, oh boy, we can do an even better job at it, you know. <laughs> and, and and it's perpetual, by the way, right? It doesn't it doesn't oh, yes. stop at one one comment. It's ongoing. <laughs> uh, so I love can, how yeah, you said So we can be our own harshest critic, but, you know, do we believe that we're worthy and deserving of our own kindness, you know? Work on banishing the shoulds, and and when I say that, I I don't mean that it's not important to improve ourselves and to be our best self, but to also be realistic about about it as well, you know? Practice gratitude. Practicing gratitude on a daily basis even if initially there's nothing that that we feel initially that we can be grateful for about ourselves what about hey the sky was blue today and it was gorgeous and i'm grateful for that yeah or if you love a great rainstorm i love that storm today you know and i really appreciate 
that it appeared in my life today and being grateful for those being start being grateful every day. Yeah. You know, for something. Yeah. Forgiveness. Here's a hard one. Forgiveness, you know? Yeah. Um, forgiving ourselves, uh, forgiving someone else. And it doesn't mean that that we forget or absolve because it also depends upon the particular situation. Um, right. So we're not absolving, you know, the other person necessarily of the responsibility, but we can, we can forgive and it's more for us yeah. than it is for them. That along right. with radical acceptance. Yeah. No, I mean, this is all amazing stuff and it's, it's important for whether someone is trying to lose weight or, Yes. Just be healthy or also for someone who just wants to excel in life. Like, yes, like for me, I, you know, I have a lot of things that I want to accomplish in the sense of, you know, living a really happy, fulfilling life. I, I, I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, it's not like I when when people think of accomplishments, they all, all, often think of like the outer things, which are important. But for mm -hmm. me, it's more my inner stuff that I'm excited about accomplishing. <laughs> and, yes. um, you know, in order to do that, all of this stuff, all of these types of conversations or thought, you know, exploring all of these things is absolutely essential. And, yes. and I will re reiterate what you've been saying all along here today is that we all deserve that. We all are worthy of having a happy, healthy life, yes. regardless of, you know, all of our past transgressions right. <laughs> that, yeah. that we all have, you know, and that doesn't yes. change that we deserve that, you know? So I love all, everything that you're saying, and it's very, uh, it's all interconnected. It's important. And some of it may be more relevant right now for someone listening than others, right? Like we, we yes. talked about a lot of things here, but someone might say, oh yeah, forgiveness. I'm, I'm struggling with that. Or, oh yes. yeah, you know, yeah. Um, my, my inner narrative around my weight is, is not so great, but I'm glad that we touched upon a lot of different things here today. And I appreciate that you joined us and we, we, I will in the outro, you know, uh, tell people where they can find you and stuff. But I do want to mention here that, that you practice telehealth and you are licensed in Georgia where you, where you live and then also in North Carolina and New Jersey. So that's a wonderful thing, you know, for people listening, if you would like to reach out and connect with Linda, if you're in one of those states, I mean, even if you're not in one of those states, I guess you could say <laughs> hi, but <laughs> um, as a therapist, you know, you're licensed in particular states. So Someone Correct. from New York couldn't do that, but I just wanted to emphasize that and, and really thank you for being here today, Linda. I really appreciate it. Can I add one more quick thing? Sure. Take a small step for anyone out there. Okay, please take one small step, whether it's with food, okay, whether it's walking down the block, whether it's changing your route to work, whether it is adding a vegetable to your list of edibles, okay, one small step. And mm -hmm. then that can can give you the the impetus to make that next small step and the next small step after that and after that and after that. And all of those small steps add up to major change. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Jill. You're welcome, Linda, thank you. Have a great day. 
Well, thank you so much for listening. And I hope you enjoyed that episode and that conversation with Linda Clarkson as much as I did. Linda is, as I mentioned, a licensed professional counselor, and she does specialize in helping with challenges around self-esteem and self-worth. She does work with couples as well, uh, relationship and intimacy counseling. She does anxiety and stress management, bereavement, grief, and loss counseling, and really focusing on those internal dialogues. And uh, like we talked about in the episode, you know, really addressing those neural pathways and creating new ones for a better life. So, and the cool thing, as we all talked about in in the episode, she is licensed in three states, which is Georgia, North Carolina, and New Jersey. So check out Linda. Her website is lindaclarksonlpc.com, and that will be in the show notes. She's an incredible person, and and if this resonated with you and, and you feel like you need support, please reach out. And also, I would like to remind you that because if you listen regularly, which I hope you do to the podcast, that we have two uh, big resources for you. One is our blog, which is at winweightloss.com. That's W-Y-N weightloss.com. And you can do forward slash blog. And we have lots and lots of really good articles there and so many topics relating to your health. We also have the Love Challenge. So we've created a community on Mighty Networks, which is a a newer platform, which is a women-owned company, by the way. It's a great place for community uh, engagement, for you to kind of connect with other people, mostly women, who are looking to be their best in life and to be healthy and strong and We're all interested in that self-love, self-worthiness stuff. And to that end, I created the Love Challenge, which is there. And you can learn six specific tools to guide you on uh, your journey, your ongoing journey toward a deeper and deeper self-love. And remember, no one can love you as deeply as you can love yourself. No one can give you the care that you deserve as wonderfully as you can give to yourself. And when you do that, then you can also receive love from others and and give love to others. So uh, pretty cool stuff. I hope you check it out. Thank you so much for listening. Um, And those all of the links that I mentioned for our blog, for the Love Challenge on Mighty Networks and Linda's website will be in the show notes. Thanks. Thanks.